Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Yes, good morning, church. It really is an honor to be up here in front of you all today. Uh, like Pastor Mark said, I am a member of uh, UOG. I'm also a member of Every Nation Campus. And I'd just like to tell you guys, my name is AJ. And I do come from a rather large family, if you haven't noticed. If you've been coming here a while, you do know my family, but this is just them right behind me. And I would just like to take some time today and just tell you guys a little bit about them. So if you look over here, we have my, little, my younger sister, Sierra. She is actually the one leading worship this morning. And it's just been an honor just to see her grow and develop from just singing at home on our karaoke machine to singing in front of all of you guys here and leading it on top of that. We also got my younger sister, Jacelyn, who is there in the center. She's actually the most ambitious, and I often joke that she is the manliest in our household, <laughs> just because she actually plays the manliest sport in my home, which is rugby. She is actually a part of the GW uh, High School Girls Rugby Team, and they are, she is part of the dynasty that has been defending an undefeated streak and claiming the championship. We got my younger brother, Ryan, who is right there in the center between my, right behind my dad. Ryan is actually, I know, right? I finally got a brother. But Ryan is just, he surpasses me in sports. He has accumulated more accolades and championships than I would ever hope to achieve at his age. He is, he plays soccer and volleyball. And for his first, and for volleyball, he actually took the high school championship following an undefeated record as well. And then for soccer, he actually took the title again with the Islander in the elite bracket, and he won Golden Gloves, meaning he has the least goal score on him, and meaning he has the most clean sheets, which helped his team achieve the victory. We got my younger brother, Aaron, and he is the smartest one of the bunch, I can just tell you that. He will look at something on YouTube, see it, and then go and just do something, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I saw this on YouTube. And I'm just like, whoa. That's amazing. We got my younger brother, Jeremiah, and to be honest, Jeremiah, if you want to ask him anything, he's a soccer fanatic. In particular, he only has, he'll talk to you about his favorite team and who the best player is, and I'll leave that up to you guys to ask him because that might cause some debate. We got my younger sister, Kara, right here in the bottom corner. She is actually the princess of the household, and just tell you, she is the princess, so watch out. Then if you look right dead center is the baby, and no, that is not a younger sister that I forgot I had. That is actually my goddaughter. Her name is Serena Grace, and she is my sister Sierra's firstborn, and yep, I see you, girl. If, this, if that picture and that seeing that face does not make you go, aww, then I invite you to come up to the front, and we will pray for you after service. I'd also like to take a moment to honor my, my mom and dad. And my mom, honestly, she has just this gifting of hospitality. She's been hosting life groups for as long as I can remember, is always having to have, have a function there. And she just opens her home, and I just love that about her. Even if you're a complete stranger or there for the first time, she makes it to a point where it feels like it's your home. And she even goes further than that. And like I said, she is my mom, so she's very supportive of me. 
I played soccer most of my life, and I was actually playing in the States. So in the States, if you ever lived out there, you, it requires a lot of travel for sports. So I remember my mom would take me across the state to a place we don't know the name of because it's some Native American name. And mind you, Washington's weather is about 50 to 60 degrees at the warmest. And she doesn't just lug me, she lugs all my lovely siblings here. And they sit in the cold while I play my sport. But my dad also, I would just like to also say this about my dad. My dad is, he's just very sociable. He also has a degree of wisdom, very analytical. I mean, when he sits down to do a task, he just tunnel vision, where he just doesn't stop. You can be making all the noise in the house and he won't hear you at all. But that's my dad, and that's my mom, and that is my family, and I love them very much. So before we progress any further, just join me in a quick prayer as we offer this day to, to God. Lord, thank you for today. I ask that you just come into this service, Lord, and just open our hearts and open our minds. Allow us to just meet your presence head on and just stay in it and just live with you. And just dwell in you, Father. I pray, Lord, that you just work in everyone's hearts here today, Lord. Thank you for bringing them here and giving them safety. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, I would just like to ask you guys a question. I don't know if you guys have watched, you guys, if you guys watch movies, but has anyone seen the movie Jason Bourne Identity? Yes, a few? Okay. Well, I'll just give you guys, if you never watched, a brief summary. This movie is about Jason Bourne's search for his identity, and this story is relatable to us. In fact, the reason it's so popular is that it is super relatable to us, highly relatable, in fact. Most of us can relate to it because it's like a search for our own identity, which may lead us to ask questions. What's my strength? How do I fit in? What am I supposed to do? And who am I? Can we roll the clip? So. Some of you are probably wondering, what did I just show you? In fact, this movie is about Jason's struggle of not knowing who he is. And the discovery of the IDs in this scene here just added to the confusion. It's similar to us. We don't know who we are. We don't know who or what to believe. But let me tell you this. The Bible is the document that we can trust. It is a document that is true. And in this, it actually says that Jesus gave each and every one of us a unique identity that is specially catered to you, to each of us. And so before we progress further, can we actually take a look at this document and see what it says? Can we pull up 1 Peter 2.9, please? 1 Peter 2.9 says this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I just want to take a look at the word, at the first word there, chosen. And so the word chosen, well, some of you are probably wondering, what is it, how do we know that we are chosen? Well, it says further along, if you were reading with me, that it says that you're God's special possession. Well, what does it mean to be a special possession? Well, what I can link this to is the word precious. So first off, what is precious? 
Well, it's something of great value. In fact, it is something, it's even something that's used and has been addressed to a beloved person. So can I ask you guys this? What's precious to you? Is it our phones? For some, it might be food. What about friends or family? Others, it might be your reputation. Being belonging or being accepted by someone. How about for, in our culture, respect? Even being loved is, a, is something that is precious to us. When something is precious to us, it is something that we love and we cannot go without. Do you guys know the Lord of the Rings series? Anyone watched it? Or if you guys, if you don't know it, let me just briefly summarize it. This is a story of how a ring was pursued by all of Middle Earth. And this ring was so wanted and coveted by everyone that came in, into contact with it, but not as much as one character. That character's name is, what, he went by Gollum or Smeagol. In fact, he was so infatuated with this ring that he gave it a name. He actually called it Precious. It's Precious. When the ring was stolen, he actually, actually left the safety of his cave in search for it. And he didn't, just didn't search around his cave. He went out into, the, into Middle Earth itself. He got back his Precious, but he got it back at the cost of his life. What if I told you that, that this is how God sees us? We are the ring and God is pursuing us because we are, because we are precious. You are chosen, you're wanted, you're, you're accepted, and you are welcomed simply because God loves you. That is how we are chosen. I want to also take a look at the next word there, royal. You can pull it up. What is royal? Well, royalty. What do, you think, what do you think when you hear the word royalty? Is it a member of a royal family? It's also having status or the authority of. I don't know if you guys know this, but I like to watch movies. So I, I automatically link this with the movie that I watched. It's called Prince of Persia. And this movie is basically how the king of Persia, which was a superpower at the time during this movie, he was going through a marketplace, just normal routine, when he came across the scene of a young boy about to be punished for committing a selfless act of saving his friend. In fact, he took a liking to that boy and adopted him on the spot. And when he did that, he saved the boy from his punishment. The boy, upon being accepted by the king, received the title of prince, therefore becoming the prince of Persia. So royalty is not based on looks, nor is it based on money or the educational standard you received. Royalty is, royalty is a status given in relation to a king. It is given as part of the family. So some of you might wonder, how do you become royalty? Well, God provides us with an answer. We turn our hearts to him and let him come into our lives. We become his sons and daughters, and he becomes our father. We become a part of his life, and he, in turn, becomes a part of ours. When we let God rule in our lives, he aligns our hearts with his, and therefore he opens his blessings to us. That is why we are royals. 
That's why we are royalty. And then we actually have one more point I want to just look at. One last word. It's the word holy. So what do you think of when you hear the word holy? Do you think of a proper dress code? No ripped jeans, no, everything's sleek and fitted, clean looking in a way. Do you think of someone who never negative? They're always positive, whether it's with words or body language. What about someone who doesn't curse? They all watch what they say. Does that mean that you're holy? For some people, to be holy is not vaping or smoking, not vaping, smoking, or drinking. For some, for some others, it's the fact that you go to church regularly. But let me tell you this. To be holy is not an outward change. It is an inward change. To be holy, it's not what we do. It is who we are. It becomes our identity. Our true identity in Christ. So I want to ask you guys a question. Have, how many of here has ever traveled? Traveled whether by car or by plane. You've probably been in a scenario at one point in time where you were asked whether by a police officer or a customs agent for an identification or an ID. We have three IDs that we can choose to show them in that scenario. You have the expired ID. You have the fake ID. <laughs> College students, don't raise your hands if you have one or know about it. Then we have the real ID. The expired ID is, in, is the ID we have when we are sinners. And it needs to be permanently destroyed. Some examples of this is wearing the title that you're not wanted or needed. Or even believing that, that you're never going to be good enough no matter what the situation is. For fake IDs, these are Christians that actually lead a double life. This is an ID where we get, to, we get by by lying to others, but also we are lying to ourselves. If we hold on to this ID... We're not being honest with who we are. And an example of this is the most cut and dry is someone who comes to church and pretends to be holy because they think it's an outward change. But then in reality, once Monday comes, Monday through Saturday, they live, a, they live in the world and are a part of the world. The last one is the real ID. Our real ID is an ID that we receive once God is made Lord of our lives. This is an ID where all the information on it is, there, is correct and accurate about us. And if you really want a good example of this, I encourage you to go back and read 1 Peter 2.9. And just read it and try to see what God wants to say to you through that. IDs are useful because we use it, people use it to identify who we are. So let me ask you this. Which ID are you showing people? God gave us a new identity, and in that identity, we are chosen, therefore making us royal and holy. These are the truths that God has declared as your identity in him. He chose you, which makes you royal, makes you holy, and makes you wanted by him. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins, simply because he loves you. When we realize this pure love of God, we come to terms with our identity that God has called us to be. Before we can embrace our identity, however, we must recognize what our old or expired IDs are. These are typically lies that we ourselves have come to believe. These lies include, I'm not good enough. No one sees me. 
No one hears me. I'm not important. No one likes me. I'm ugly. It's also the thinking that I'll never be loved, believing it. Believing that I'm dumb, believing that I'll fail, believing I'm not wanted. These are lies that are spoken to us that we eventually started believing. The Bible says that we must get rid of the old or else it'll conflict with the new. In fact, in James 1.9, it says that we will be like a double-minded man. And I would just like to take a moment to be a little personal with you guys. I went through a period where I was actually not showing my real ID. I was showing a fake ID for most of my life. Because I believed the lie that I told myself and I eventually believed, made myself believe was that I was not wanted. Therefore, I would come to church to please, one, to please my family. But then when I, my friends come around at school, I would please them. I didn't know who I was. In fact, I didn't know where I was going with my life. I was going through the typical teenager phase where you don't know who you are, what you're doing, or what you're going to do. But the thing is, when that was going on, it was tearing me up inside. I thought no one wanted me until God one day started knocking on the door. I didn't want to let him in because I didn't feel like he'd want me. I, I felt like he was going to point at me and show me all my wrongs. But no, when I finally opened the door, what he did to me, if I could describe it, is he hugged me and embraced me. He hugged my heart. He hugged my soul. He hugged my spirit. And what he told me then was, you are chosen. He called me his son, which makes me a prince because he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And when he did that, he revealed to me my identity and made me realize that I've been showing a fake ID. And now, thankfully to him, he's changed my life around. Because four years ago, when before God did that, I would not have told you anything. You asked what I wanted to do, it'd be, ah, I don't know. I'd probably go hang out with my friends. I would live in the now. I wouldn't live in, in what's to come. And that's what God wants us to look at, is what's to come. Because when we look at what's to come, we see his blessings that are coming also. So some of you might wonder, how do you get rid of the old? It's a process. For some people, it happens on the spot. For others, it takes a gradual amount of time. But first, we must confess that what we believed was an ungodly belief or lie. And we also got to ask for forgiveness for believing it. After that, we have to forgive the one that said it to us, whether that was verbally or in my case, non-verbally. And that was what tempted us to believe it. But then, we also have to come out of agreement with the enemy, who is Satan, the father of lies. And his goal is to make us believe these lies about us. Because when we believe these lies, we can't reach the potential that God wants us to reach. He ties us down, and he makes us feel like we want to go farther, but we can't. But that's what happens when a life takes hold of us, and God wants to free us from that. In fact, he did. And the final step is to receive and accept by faith our true identity that God has for us, that you are chosen, you are royal, and you are holy. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to take a moment and just pray for a group of people here. And these are Christians that honestly feel like they are leading a double life. They don't know which ID they're showing. 
that uncertainty just shows that you don't know which ID you're representing. So if you're here today and you want freedom from the lies and you want to receive the forgiveness for believing that lie and to forgive those that hurt you and you want to replace it, I just want to see you just look at me. If you are here today and you want to be set free from that cycle and you want to actually live in that real ID that you have, go ahead and look at me and we'll pray together. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for the truth that you have. We thank you that when we were still in our mother's womb, you called us into our identity. And you said that in stone, as your will is set, our identity is set. But Father, we just like to ask for forgiveness for believing that lie. We also would like to ask for the ability and strength to forgive those that made us believe it. And Lord, we just pray right now to replace the lies that we believed were true. Lord, we pray that you just pour your truth into us. Pour it so much that the enemy's words are mute before us. Lord, just help us realize our true identity in you. Make us walk in it. There's another group of, here, group of people here I want to ask about and pray with. If you don't know Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior, if you don't, if you don't know which ID you're showing still, and if you don't know what you want to do, but you're hearing this and you just feel a tugging on your heart or even a heaviness, I just want you to just go ahead and look at me and we'll just pray together. And I'll help you and show you that God is waiting to adopt you to the kingdom. If anyone here wants that, just go ahead and look at me. Just raise your eyes, and when my eyes meet yours, we'll pray together. Lord, just pray with me also if you, if you felt that. Father, come before you today, acknowledging that I am a sinner. And I want to live and breathe in you. I want to become your son and daughter. I acknowledge that I was a sinner, but I also acknowledge that you died on the cross for my sins. I ask that you come into my life and become Lord and Savior. Take up residence in my heart, Lord. I thank you, and in your name I pray, amen.